Hello, hello, everybody. What's good? I'm back after a brief hiatus. Brief as in like three, I think three or four weeks off. But we're back and we're here to talk about Mobile Suit Gundam, the original series. That's right. Hopping back into the original series. Now, if you remember, we did leave off after episode 12. So the next three episodes we're going to go over are episodes 13, 14, and 16. That is correct. Episode 15 does not exist in North America. In fact, they did announce they are redoing that episode as its own standalone movie. That's going to come out, I think, later this year. It's been tweeted about late last year, and we got a trailer for it earlier this year. Super excited for that. When it comes out, I will watch that and revisit it and talk about it in the podcast as well. But we're here for episodes 13, 14, and 16. Also, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are doing good. Staying safe, staying hydrated. Um, most importantly, being happy out there. I know for me, taking that time off gives me a chance to kind of recoup, reevaluate, and just kind of refocus in and get ready for the next few weeks of content for y'all. So, hope you guys are caught up. If not, please pause the episode, take the time now to go watch the other episodes, and of course, listen to the podcast, as that is how this show is formatted. You watch, you listen, you watch, you listen. Hell, you can even watch and listen at the same time if you want to. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do it at the same exact time. We're all working from home, or some of y'all have commutes nowadays. Just, just go ahead, dive in. The water's warm. The water's warm. And for our usual housekeeping, I will ask that y'all go and follow the links in the description. Follow the show on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're most likely on it. Leave a rating as well. Most importantly, leave a rating on Spotify. The more ratings we get, the more eyes we get on the show. And the more we grow as a show, the better the content becomes, the more frequently we can put out episodes. Also, share the podcast on your social media feeds. And most importantly, I would say, uh, leave a comment. Yeah, let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Please give us that feedback. We are open to it. And I say we and us as in there's more people than just me working on the show as of right now. But yeah, please give me the feedback. Let me know what you like and don't like. For those that have commented, thank you very much. For those that haven't, I'm looking forward to your comments and future suggestions whenever you post them. All right, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to run our one ad by our wonderful platform of choice, our all-in-one content creation tool, Anchor. And we'll be right back to talk about episode 13. Shout out to Anchor for being our platform of choice for our distribution and content creation needs. It's strange to feel direct sunlight in the space colony the lights diffuse with mirrors. I guess this place is what they call nature. Mirai, when people talk of the open sky, I suppose this is what they mean. Hey guys, seen Amaro? He went to see his mother, Kai. He'll be back. So that's why I saw the core fighter. Go figure. He just left. He said his hometown was about 30 kilometers away. Well, I'm disappointed in him. Isn't he one of Earth's elite? It's really unfair to hmm? say that everyone who happens to live on Earth's elite. Amuro and his father stayed out in space for several years. He's never really lived with his mother, so he's eager to see her again. Just having a place on Earth <sighs> makes you elite. It seems like there have been a lot of air raids in this area, doesn't it? I hope this area is safe. I do wonder. There's been some guerrilla fighting, so I hear. We're back. We are back. We are back in the episode. That is right. We opened up with the clip. We opened up with the clip to show kind of the setting where we're at. Now, I know going from the animation and the AFMS team 
To this is a little jarring, but nonetheless, the content is still fantastic. As we heard in the clip, which you saw if you've, you know, watched the episodes like you should be doing, the Space Noise are our wonderful group of children and adults. They are on Earth. They are basically taking like a free day is what it looks like. They're by a, a hot spring. The girls are laying out, catching some sun. Kai and Hayato are doing judo. Arnold has left to go to his home village because it's not too far away. So he took the core fighter out there, which we heard in that clip. And upon arrival, he gets to his house and sees that his mom is not there. Instead, it's been overtaken by some Xeon soldiers, which I wasn't sure the clip, but it's more visual than anything. However, he walks out disappointed, which the soldiers are actually kind of remorseful. Granted, they were drunk. As they uh, saw him, wondering, like, what the hell is this kid doing here? He walks out and sees a lady being just, not terrorized, but just antagonized by these group of soldiers. As she's just trying to sell apples. She's like, please, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm trying to make some money, trying to make a living. But instead of me describing the scene, I'm going to go ahead and let this clip do the talking. Please. Please pay me. This is all we have to live on. Please, pay me for that apple. Oh. Don't pick it up, lady. Don't pick it up. The soldier, he'll pick it up. Huh? Who's that? Oh, hey, that boy. I'll say that to my face, kid. I said pick up the coin and I meant it. Well, you little... <laughs> What do you know? If we wasn't here patrolling the area and protecting people like we do, this town would have become Zeon property a long time ago. I remember. Amaro, that boy is a friend of my daughter's. Please stop. He's just a child. And again, after that scuffle, the lady recognizes Amaro as a child that her daughter used to play with. Unfortunately, Amaro gets the bad news that the lady's husband and daughter that he grew up with have both passed away. We are in a war situation. Things aren't pretty. So unfortunately, that that did happen. But he did get the information to go find his mom. He comes off pretty disingenuous because the lady is basically saying like, oh, yeah. Oh, your mom's over there, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, my, my I lost my family. I lost this. I lost that. And his his emotion and reaction going from talking about her situation to instantly like, oh, my mom's alive? Sweet. Thanks, lady. I'll catch you later. You can show a little bit more remorse and maybe comfort her a little bit, but my man had no time, absolutely no time whatsoever to spend with her. So he flies off to go check out his mom and, and go see her again for the first time in a very, very long time. Mind you, he has not seen his mom since he's gone to space, which there's a clip later in the show. Well, actually, there's a clip that, that in this episode that talks about the flashback he has of the conversation that they have of him going with his dad to space while his mom says, I cannot see myself in space. As that's going on, Ryu has to hop in the core fighter to go fight. White base essentially finds these two survey corps and so Amuro's gone, so Ryu, who's the next in like being able to fly and whatnot, hops in and takes the lead. And he does a good job. He takes out most of them and whatnot. But 
that's a small little intercept. We'll come back to that later. That becomes more important in a few minutes. But finally, Amuro makes it to the camp, and they are reunited at last. Now you're a soldier from the Federation, right? I don't know the reason why you've come here, but could you do us all a favor and hide that fighter? But why? I'm just trying well, to... Well, son, your enemy's forward base is just beyond those mountains right over there. And they come to check us out almost every single day. If they've already seen you, it could create huge problems. Could you hide your plane for us, please, son? Yeah, I'll do it right now. Huh? Is that Amaro? Amaro? Mother! Amaro. Mother! Amaro! Mom! Excuse me, could you please take care of the fighter plane now? Yes, that's right. Amaro, go hide it quickly. Then the two of us can spend some time together. Mm-hmm. So he finally sees his mom. They have a little embrace, have a little moment. And the old man just like, hey, remember, we need you to go hide that plane. We don't want any, we don't want any more problems than what we already have going on here. <laughs> and so he goes and hides the plane. He, he They go inside afterwards, but... We cut back to White Base, and there's a problem going on where the Xeon noticed Amro's ship, and therefore they are sending a group of people to go check out that area. Of course, because of that, they got to send him a message like, hey, Amro, be on the lookout for some Xeon soldiers coming your way. And I'm going to play this next segment. It's pretty long. It's two clips because I messed up. No problem at all, but... I'll have Amro do the rest. All right, over. Sela. Send Amaro an alert signal now. Hurry! Sir. All right. Everybody stay put. Nobody move now. Isn't anyone in this place gonna speak up? We heard that an enemy fighter may have landed. Anyone have any information to back up this report? Oh. Hey, did huh? you happen to see an airplane? You can tell me, kid. Don't be afraid and just tell me exactly what you saw. No! I know. That's not nice. Look, I have chocolate. Give me back my mom and dad! Nah, too bad. <laughs> you lost your chance to have some chocolate. Sorry, kid. Huh? Where's that noise coming from? How could they page me at a time like this? Huh? Where's that noise coming from? Hmm? I don't know. I'm 89 years old. Huh? Huh? Hey, ma'am. Who's that in that bed over there? Nobody, really. Just one of the injured that I'm helping to take care of. That's all. Let's <gasps> see. He's my son and he's badly injured. Let's <gasps> see if you have nothing to hide. <gasps> oh!
It looks like this soldier's still breathing. Get a doctor! Even though Zeons could have children waiting for them at home, you've... you've grown so wild, Amuro. I don't even know you. I... I can't believe what you're saying, Mom! You'd rather they got me? Would you prefer that? It's war! I... I know, but... It's not right for my son to wave around a gun like that. Oh, Mom, are you saying... Are you saying... You don't love me? How can you? How is it possible for a mother not to love her only son? You're a liar! Huh? Amaro! What's happened, Amaro? Uh... Nothing. Right. This is an emergency. A Xeon patrol plane is headed your way. Be careful. We will rendezvous with White Base. Roger that, Sela. Amaro, hmm? what's happened? You weren't raised to be such a terrible, violent boy. Why can't you be more gentle, like you used to be? Can't you accept? We're at war now! <laughs> You're so cold, I'm ashamed to call you my son! First off, the soldier... Taunting the kid with a bar of chocolate about information. Got what he deserved. Um, <laughs> I think that he got smoked, and he should have. And it is jarring, because you gotta remember, your mom is always gonna be... This is gonna be weird to say out loud. Any good parent is gonna see their child always as their child, and always see those good qualities with them. But this episode really showed... That Amro is not the same sweet little boy that she grew up seeing. Because he is now a soldier. He is part of a war. And that's changed him a bit. He's only 16 to 17 years old right now. But he's not the same kid that his mom knew. I don't think they ever specified how much time was in between. But I think it's safe to say it was probably between... More than more than five years, ten years max, something like that, where they haven't seen each other. And so she always has the image of him. And like most of us, our parents probably have a certain image of us in their eyes that they will never see us as. And so when actions like that occur, where he shoots a guy through his mattress, by the way, Omro, he's a good shot. Like, my man's about it. Then after that, Chases the other guy out, starts shooting at him, and unloads the whole clip. Also, thank y'all, uh, Gundam, for back in the 70s for remembering. Guns do have clips that do run out of ammo, <laughs> and they do not have infinite bullets. And that, that, terror, that, that, that terror on her face of seeing her son shoot a man, granted he's not dead yet, but that, that drives her crazy and kind of disowns him. And that takes him back to thinking about, like, when they left and they were been gone. And I feel like your your relationship with your parent will change if you don't see them for your formative years. Right now, Amuro is in a, a borderline cataclysmic event in his life, having to fight in a war as a teenager. And his mom being like, you were always so nice, you were a sweet little boy. But I get it. She wants to see her baby be pure and a wonderful child and not some kind of menacing killing machine. But it's not that. Because literally three minutes later, 
He hops on the core fighter, meets up with the rest of the Federation, talks to Ryu and Hayato, I believe, and is like, hey, let's do this thing. Like, yo, you want to try a midair transition? Bro, why not? And they do it. They fucking do it. And it, it's sick. But he just destroys his whole, his whole base. Like, I'll, I'll play the clip right here. What in the world is he doing out there? Well, he's probably going after the enemy base. What's the point of using our valuable ammunition on that backwater base? And stupid Kai, what was he thinking? A midair docking in front of the enemy without testing? It's a careless waste of our resources. You know, we might as well surrender to the Xeon forces right now. Right, that's enough. So you think I'm wrong, do you? No. Literally goes in to the Gundam and destroys a base that Bright says is not worth the time. Not worth the time. And I, I kind of agree with Bright here where, like, if you can handle it with just the core fighter and maybe the other, like, gun tank, gun cannon or whatever, just do that. There's no point in putting on like, your, your, your best people and best weapons for a base that will only take you maybe 30 seconds to get rid of, which he goes on a tirade. Which I think is a mix of him being emotional about seeing his mom and mom not exactly liking his lifestyle that he's living. He's just as different. Like this, this, this shows like Amuro is not just a kid anymore. And we're getting that way later in the series and the rest of the franchise. But this is kind of the first time Amuro is showing that he is no longer a child to the people that see him as a child, and mainly his mom. We, we finish that fight, which you can't even call it a fight because they just annihilate the whole entire base. And then I want to roll this pretty long clip about basically Amro saying goodbye to his mom and moving on from the past. You are his mother? I want to thank you for taking care of Amro. Not at all. Amro has saved us on many occasions. <gasps> oh, yes, really. Earlier today, Amro did an impressive feat under difficult circumstances, and we're all proud of him. I see. Yes. Now then, coming, Amaro? Uh, uh, well, we'll be leaving shortly, all right? Uh, yes. Uh, huh? Goodbye, Mother. Take care of yourself. I gotta go. Excuse us. I'm honored to have your son in our unit. So Bright meets his mom and they have that conversation and Amro's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is, this is, this is where I need to be at. And that's basically him flipping the script on his mom leaving him as a child to now he's leaving her as still a child, but 
quote unquote air quotes an adult um which is why she broke down at the very end it, it's pretty heavy because he's making a conscious decision and this is probably the most sure decision he's made like he spent all that time trying to go find her again just to be like this isn't where i need to be i need to i need to move on from this and, and leaves his mom where she's at pretty heavy stuff in my opinion really heavy stuff they 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 they, they got us with this episode we thought we were gonna get a lot of action which we got a fair amount but we got here with that that emotional stuff and i think this is like this this might be the first real emotionally driven episode we get from amuro i could be wrong uh but this is my thing in my show my analysis which is why you guys love it yeah, overall, I think that's just kind of a, a real weird message to leave off on. But speaking of messages, we write it back. I'm just kidding. We're not having any more ads. But we are going to come back and watch episode 13. Oh, not 13. We just did 13. Episode 14. Time. Be still. All right. Episode 14. Time. Be still. This is a pretty heavy action oriented episode but there were some good moments um that we could discuss and kind of pick at the first one we have which you didn't pull the clip of probably should have is we opened up on the Xeon base for this episode and we're with those soldiers and they're talking about how they really don't like being on earth they really don't like being part of this war they just want to go home and be heroes and if they can't go home and be heroes they just want to get the hell out by any means necessary and they know their meal ticket or their way out of this situation is take out the freaking Gundam. So they're come up with a plan to do that and whatnot. And I think it's funny because it opens up as them getting like a talent show, trying to build morale, which you can tell there was definitely a, um, like world war two feel to that because they would have, you know, the, the traveling troops go and play music and put on a show and have dancing and X, Y, and Z. As these people are, you know, putting their life on the line for a cause that they may or may not believe in. But that was that was pretty funny. But keep note of that. The the plan those guys have, that becomes the the plot later on and the main uh friction device coming up. But we get back over to our heroes at White Base, and we have Bright talking to Lieutenant Matilda, and um I'm gonna let them do the talking here. The engine repair will be completed by the crack of dawn. There's nothing to worry about. Now, you were wanting to ask me about something? You're well aware that we're not regular soldiers, so why are you bothering to resupply us and do all these extensive repairs on White Base, Lieutenant? The Federation doesn't want to abandon the White Base after everything they've invested, and they do intend to send out a ranking officer who'll act as your superior. However, there's a big offensive being planned in Europe. Your small crew has been winning tough battles with no commander this far, and I'm afraid the Federation simply does not have any officers available for you right now. Lieutenant Matilda, is it really that bad? The Zeons are in the same situation, and now that the White Base's primary mission is turning out to be data collection, you'll just have to do the best you can. Data collection? Right. We've discovered that amateurs tend to devise more interesting strategies than professionals. We can pick up any information on your battles from the memory on your computer. So, what you're saying is you ignore us on purpose so that we can be guinea pigs? You don't like being a guinea pig, do you, Ensign Bright? Well, I haven't received such orders. Me? Ensign? Yes. Well, anyway, that's what General Revel said. 
They'll notify you of your new rank soon enough. They sure like to jerk us around. If it wasn't for General Revel intervening on your behalf, you would have been court-martialed long ago. Hmm? Court-martialed? Yes. What is it, Amaro? Essentially, Matilda admitted that, hey, we have purposely been letting y'all go and do these dangerous things to get more data, because we can track it remotely. Also, we understand that you guys have done a pretty good job, better than we expected. And here's a promotion. And Bright is like, what? Like, seriously? And Bright, Bright learns, like, wait, I could have been court-martialed for this? Like, they're telling me that I could have lost my job, been in jail and whatnot, but instead you guys are just going to keep giving us all these tasks that we are not prepared to do? We're a civilian ship. And I guess Matilda gets away with it because as much as she's kind of um, putting him in his place, for lack of a better word, she's also building him up by saying, oh, yeah, I know you've done this and that and this, but also here's a promotion to Ensign, which Bright's like, oh, okay. But more importantly, what happens is Amro realizes that it's Matilda his uh his little little, little little ting that I got some feelings for and rushes up to see her and then he just completely freezes completely freezes and as he's walking away ashamed um they have like a really cool conversation but it's not super important Frau sees him because she is right by his door Frau's like where were you and Amaro's like I went to the bathroom and Frau's like the bathroom was the other direction so like, oh that's nothing Frau knows what's up Frau saw that look that he gave Matilda as she left in that one episode. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. But Frau understands that Amro's got a thing for older women. And you know what? That's okay. That is okay. But we move on to Matilda and crew leaving on the Medea ship. And as they're leaving, they kind of initiate an attack. And it goes okay. But then all of a sudden, they start getting in fights and course white base still in the area sees that and guess who's up in arms about this well not really up in arms but he's very enthusiastic as you can hear in this clip laser analysis the medea's in combat matilda's in trouble attention all crew the medea has been snared by enemy patrol white base will provide support mr bright it's me why don't we launch gundam let's do that instead because white base isn't prepped with supplies yes but are you up for it are you sure Sir, I'm ready to launch. Is that it? I hope nothing bad has happened to Miss Matilda. Oh no, it's the Federation's new mobile suit. Gundam, look! Yes, but he didn't have to bother trying to help us. Let's escape from here so this wasn't all a waste of his time. Right. Good luck to you, Ms. Matilda. Please don't get too out of hand, Amaro. Did I get him? Our... Wannabe certified lover boy wants to go out and protect the woman that isn't even his woman. As in, Amro wants to go out and make sure Matilda makes that okay. Because he even says by name, is Matilda okay? Or something of that sort. You heard it in the clip. And he, he wanted to protect her. And it goes pretty well until 
the guys back at the Xeon base were like, oh, the suit got pulled out. It's time to activate our plan. And they go through with their plan. As they're doing it, they're kind of not respecting Amro. He gets mad. And as we can see in this clip here. Amro, answer me. Amro, did you destroy the Zaku? Amro, can you answer me? The enemy ships arrived. Fall back and shoot at the bombs on the mobile suit. Go. Lousy pilot, listen. All we have to do is hit one of those bombs and that mobile suit is gone forever. You don't know who I am. You think I'm a weakling? I'll show you my power. My shield has just been, it's, it's been blown apart. Yes, I see now. They've flown around Gundam and planted bombs on me. They're gonna... As we can hear, Amuro was not okay with him, basically treating him like he's not important. Obviously, it was part of the ruse to get him to draw in and make him mad so he can do this, whatever. But Amuro's also extra motivated by his his little crush, his little puppy love that he has for Matilda. And so, as he goes out there and does it, things don't go exactly as planned, and uh, the Xeon crew gets their gets their. They're, they're, they're jokes off to say not really jokes they plant bombs all over his suit essentially the whole plan was a bait to get their bombs put on the suit because like they said in the beginning of the episode which you would know if you've been watching so make sure you guys are watching i hope you are watching keeping up with the show and not just listening to podcasts i love you but support the movement yeah they they put the bombs on his suit and amro just kind of blindly fell into that trap and then he realizes, like, oh, my shield got blown up because he's fighting and his shield got smoked. He does a cool thing where he uses the shield to fan off the guys in the little cycles and whatever. And um, that was a pretty cool thing, which will be great when it's done and it's reanimated at some point in the future. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. We, we come back to, you know, the bombs being planted and they got to get them off. And, of course, Amro, for once... He's taking responsibility, as in he he's actually going to be like, all right, I did this. It's my responsibility. I'll I'll remove the bombs myself, which obviously a ridiculous thing to do. But I commend him for doing that, and they they showed that Amuro gr is growing. Sure, he's not growing in the sense that like he's using his brain hundred percent of the time. He's kind of being dumb at moments, and obviously just. A dumb teenager, but he he's growing up fast and he's growing up and and owning up to his mistakes for a change, which is really good because he, he did mess up. He really did put everybody in danger there by running into that battle and then getting those bombs put on him. But he starts taking the bombs off. Things are getting tense. The one who actually loves him, Frau, has a little moment here. Why are we just standing around watching instead of helping him out? If we all pitch in, it'll get done much quicker. They all might explode any second now. We don't want to sacrifice any more than absolutely necessary. And Amaro's the one who's volunteered to do it. Uh, what do you... Please, no, Fabo. Let go, Mirai. You're a coward just like the rest of them. You're all cowards. Say what you want, Frabo. Restraining yourself is also a sign of bravery. We just can't allow you to sacrifice yourself along with Amuro. You've got it all wrong! Why Amuro? He's a pilot! Why can't I do it instead? 
That's not the point, Frau. You'll never be able to handle those bombs better than Amuro. But Mirai... You're... you're horrible! <sighs> Won't he give up? Around back. Yeah. He's running out of time now. to do is raise Gundam's arms and legs a little. Take over the bridge! No! I want you guys to hold back and remain on the white base! Seconds. I don't think he can do it. Amuro, hurry! It's taking too long. Okay. Go for it, Kai. All right, guys. I'm driving one kilometer. As we can see here, Frau is freaking out because Frau wholeheartedly loves Amuro. They've been through a lot together. That is like the person that is her person. She wants Amro to be her person. Amro is not having it, unfortunately. But that's besides the point. So she has a moment, starts calling people names and whatnot. And Mirai being a little older, I think Mirai may might be two to three years older than both of Amro and Frau, but she's more mature. She she was raised around people that were more mature, and like her dad was a businessman, we saw. At the end of Gun of the Origin, uh, as she's in the limo with him. And so she's a little more kept together uh, and a little more mature emotionally. Therefore, she knows how to handle the situation. She also doesn't take offense to what Frau said because Frau is obviously acting up because she just wants Amro to be okay. That is her world. Just have him be okay. After Frau's little freak out, and of course, after the boys go and dispose of the bombs, we come back. We have we have this little these two clips back to back right here in the episode off. Well, this part of episode fourteen. suppose we're not the only ones willing to risk our lives in this miserable war. <sighs> hey, what do you think he's like? That fool who removed all those bombs. Hey, check this out! A Xeon mobile suit? I don't think so. Huh. Who are you, man? And what are you doing way out here? Well, we're just a bunch of guys who are from around this area. Now, that wouldn't be a Federation mobile suit, would it? Hey, is the guy who's wearing the cool white uniform there the pilot of that colossal-looking mobile suit? What's wrong? Did you hurt yourself, Mr. Pilot? Don't look so serious, Mr. Pilot. Keep up the fight and make us all proud, soldier boy! Good luck, kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
lucky guys. I envy people who get to live on Earth. They're so carefree. They planted the bombs, Mirai. Those were the soldiers. Sure seems that way to me. The Xeon soldiers were generally shocked that Amuro pulled it off. Also, they they kind of admire the fact that there is a person that's just as crazy as they are to do something for the people slash life that they love. And they really respected it. They respected it so much, so much they poised as civilians to go say congratulations without saying congratulations. They basically went and paid respect. Granted, Bright and Mirai knew right away, but Amro was like, whatever, those guys are lucky to live on Earth and X, Y, and Z. It's like, Amro, those guys tried to kill you and gave you props, bro. They literally just gave you props, but that's the point. I think this episode was really cool. I I had fun with it. I think that overall, that it, it was more visual, so it's hard to kind of go in on it, but we did see one of Amro's motivators, and that was... A lady, a specific lady friend. That was the one that that really did it in for him. So hopefully, hopefully he can get his act together and do stuff. But of course, that's not the case. But anyway, we're off to episode 15 slash 16. Episode 15 is titled Sailor's Agony. And I'll admit, it's kind of a, kind of a misleading title. Because the agony doesn't come in until the very end of the episode. And by very end, I literally mean the last three minutes of the episode. But we open up. The crew is still on Earth doing their thing. They know they've got to do some extra missions and whatnot. Um, but we come up to some trouble. And I'm going to let the clips kind of roll and take over for this next section. <sighs> Hmm, thank you very much. You bet! Everyone can eat. There's enough here. The crew have to remain at their posts. Please take food to them. <clears throat> I just noticed it a short while ago, sir, but I'm afraid we're almost out of salt. Can we get a fresh supply? What? Really? We're out of salt? Yes, sir. There's hmm. something moving! Huh? Ten o'clock. It's an off-road cruiser. Could you please confirm with a visual reference? It's on maximum zoom, 28 kilometers forward. Ready the port side guns. The white base will be landing immediately. Hey, are you all right? Do butterflies fly in the desert? Butterflies fly in the desert? Only the thorns of a cactus fly in the desert, sir. Oh, oh. He was sent by General Rebel. All right, I'll drive this car. Can you speak? Sanmalo did some first aid on him, but the man is still very weak. I am Bright Noah, commander of the White Base. <sighs> Odessa Day is scheduled to begin five days hence, sir. Your orders are to continue on and make your way across the Caspian Sea by the time it begins. Odessa Day? What is that? Huh? The day of our new offensive against the forces of Cassilia's underling, Makuve. Makuve? 
Yes, the mines that are held by Makuve are a strategic asset which could very well determine the outcome of the war. We'll try to take them on Odessa Day. So are you saying that the White Base will actually be participating in the offensive? The White Base crew aren't even regular military, right, Mr. Bright? <sighs> I'm sorry. I don't think he's going to make it. So first off, in their battle, the little skirmish they had, they lost all the salt, which that sucks. You do need salt to live, contrary to belief, even though salt is disgusting at times. But you need salt to live. But I think that's funny that at that time of all times, the guy's like, hey, by the way, we're out of salt. I know you got a war to fight and all, but we're out of salt. Just want you to make sure that you're aware that we're out of salt. Pretty poor timing on my part, but it does make it realize, like, it's a pretty real situation that, oh, yeah, our shop got, got smoked in the last battle, so... We are running out of some supplies here. But more importantly, we now know about Odessa Day. Odessa Day is their new offensive that they're going to go on. It's going to happen in a few days. And it's important for White Base to get there. And the spy, or I guess not spy, the messenger, unfortunately, probably didn't make it. But he told them like where they need to go, what they need to do. So our, our White Base crew now has the goal where they need to go to. Another subplot of this is that they're trying to find salt water to convert the salt in the water to salt they can use to eat, which is pretty cool how advanced their technology is in that world, but also they still use some, you know, wooden navigator wheel to steal the ship. I find that pretty funny. And nonetheless, that's kind of our B plot here, is that we need to get some supplies, get salt by cultivating this water, but also we need to get ready for Odessa Day. Now... Time for the grand reemergence of a fantastic character. Take it away. If our source is correct, we should be able to intercept the Trojan horse very soon. Yes, we should get in touch with Makuve. This is Cassilia's jurisdiction, after all. Hmm. Open a line to Captain Makuve for me. Sir. Captain Mukuve is not available at the moment, sir. He sincerely apologizes. He's instructed me to supply you with any information you might need when you arrive. Lieutenant, I am Ensign Uraga. I see he likes to plan ahead. I'll contact you when I need to. Give my regards to the captain. Good luck. Over and out. You hear that, Harmon? That captain is a sensible man. He is. However, dear. Someone told me to be careful around him. I hate politics. I'll be headed back to space immediately, once I avenge Garma. Well, shall we set an ambush around this place? Yes, dear. Charming sound, isn't it? Sure. Is it a precious item, sir? Sung Dynasty. Oh. What? As per your orders, I've spoken to Rumba Rawl. I see. Hmm? Captain Makuve! What is it? We have new information from intelligence. It seems the Trojan horse has changed course. How fortunate they're moving away from my mines. Wait a minute. Inform Rambaral of the news. If he can get rid of the Trojan horse without any complications, then maybe he won't be around for long. We most certainly wouldn't want Admiral Dozel finding out what I'm really doing. Sir. <laughs> They're back. Our lovely couple, 
of Ramba and Haman. They're back. I'm so glad they're back too because we we need them. Um, we don't really need them, but they're good characters. I like Ramba. Ramba had some really good character moments in the origin, and he's not your stereotypical bad guy from what we learned in previous the previous you know episodes. And by episodes, I mean in Gun of the Origin. He's not really into this war for the same reasons that the the uh, zombie family are in the war. He has his own agenda, which is really just to restore his family name. And unfortunately, he has to do that under the regime of the zombies. And it sucks. But he's doing his job, which is why he even says, I don't care about the politics. I'm just here to avenge Garma's death and move on. Which... It's like, hey, I want to show my pay my debts to this family, debts and quotes or whatever, and just move on and restore like my glory and rest and, and who I am. Haman's sticking to him through thick and thin. You know, Ramba's now part of the thick boy nation. He did put on some pounds between our, our last appearance and now, but we love you all the same. He he does punch pretty hard. He he's got power behind those punches. So don't be confused. We also get reintroduced to Makuve, which in that clip there we get some dialogue that's still not clear obviously we know Cecilia has her own plans of what she wants to happen we saw that they met in gun of the origin and discussed things but they did a really good job about talking around it and not actually talking directly of what it is so it gives a little air of mystery i'm sure makuve is still a a bad guy but i don't know if his intentions are for you know chaos and and and, and greed and, and whatever but I feel like he's more for greed and personal gain in this war, judging by the previous uh, interaction that we had with him in the origin and compared to now. Because he's still holding to Cassilia's ties. But it's time for a battle. They find out about White Base moving change directions, and they're going to go after him. Ramba and Haman are on their way on their... I forgot what it's called, but we can see the Guff Custom, or the Goof Custom, which... Ah, oh, lovely, lovely machine. But before that... Sayla, Sayla decides to do something. Well, Sayla gets put in this position to be a pilot for a moment, and it takes everybody by surprise because Amaro was like, uh, I guess I can go do it. It's kind of hard when I don't know what I'm up against. And I guess somebody said that, oh, he's doubtful. Let's go ahead and send Sayla, who, if I, if I recall, Sayla has no pilot experience. But anyway, here we go. Look, Gundam is... Job, who is the pilot inside of Gundam? Miss Sailor, special orders. Isn't that the case? There's no special orders. Sailor, come back! To Amaro's surprise, Sailor is piloting the Gundam. And from what we see in the next, like, I think it's like seven to ten minutes, she doesn't do a great job. She really doesn't. She tried. Like, we, we can't be mad at the attempt. Um, she's put in a very high pressure pressure situation. Forced to perform, even though she has no idea what she's doing. But she got a thing to walk. She shot a couple things. Ultimately, she bit off more than she could chew. We had some really cool action where Amro's in the gun cannon, I believe. I believe it's the gun cannon. Yeah, gun cannon. Because the gun tank's the one with the wheel. With the, um, it looks like a tank. And, like, providing covering fire. And then, of course, Ramba being the, the snazzy guy he is who helped create mobile suits, by the way. Hides in the sand. It's like, I gotcha. And then cuts that foot off. Seeing the, the goof custom just go to go to work is such a fun experience to see. Cause you know that when 
the the suit like that pulls up, it's your ace. Uh, Ziggler and I said that in the last episode. When your ace pulls up in that flashy suit, you know some shit's about to go down. And boy, oh boy, did some shit go down. Grinnin, Rambo won his fight. However, Kozun and the other person did not. I forgot the other guy's name, but he got smoked. And then Kozun got captured. I can't even say no, uh, it, thanks to Sayla because she didn't do anything. She kind of just distracted and let Kozun think he could get away with something, and he didn't. And then other guy got smoked because he just went too far away. The action sequence was cool. Like, like it, it, There's not, not too much really there to talk about because it's so visual, but Amuro not being in control for a change was different, and they did a good job of highlighting how he really didn't know how to handle, like, I'm not in the Gundam. I'm in the gun cannon. Like, I need to, you know, like, there's one part where it's like, I am still moving. I can't get a straight shot. I need to, like, you know, figure out how to get my shot off on, on this guy. And he had to come up with a different strategy. As Sayla just kind of freaked out the whole entire time, which she tried. She tried. But anyway, after all is said and done, here are the last couple clips, and we're going to wrap this episode up. Prisoners are treated according to the Antarctic Treaty? Of course. <sighs> However, you won't be fed well. We're running low in supplies. <laughs> yeah, same with us. The top brass don't really care about us guys in the front lines because they assume we'll all be casualties. Well, well. Here's a champion warrior girl back from battle. Sailor! Sailor! see you on the bridge. Yes. Hmm. Did you need to prove something? Did you need to prove to us that a woman could fight as well as a man? Was that the only reason? Yes. I thought you were smarter than that, Sailor. I really did. You'll be disciplined like anybody else. Three days in the brig should do. All right? Yes, I think that's fair. Ryu, take her. Let's go. Meal for the prisoner? Huh? huh? Yes. You need more than two people. Please, let me take mm -hmm. care of it, Frau Bo. Thank you, Sela. Hmm. Wait, Sela! Hey, do you know what happened to Shar? Uh, Shar? Do you mean... Uh... I mean the Red Comet. Could you please tell me where he is? Uh, you know Shar Asnable? He lost his position after he failed to protect Garma, who was destroyed. Heard they sent Shar somewhere. Probably back home. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks so much. Three days will fly by very quickly, Sela. Don't worry about me, Ryu. Thanks. Just call for me if you need anything. Thanks, Frabo. Thanks a lot.
Shara's my brother, and he's alive. I'm sure of it. I'm so glad he's all right. Over there, a lake. So pretty. So pretty. Well, it certainly didn't move far away. Look at that. We'll finally get our song. I know that was a pretty long block of clips, um, but they do kind of give us the real meat of this episode, why it's called Sailor's Agony. Because Sailor finally gets that chance to see somebody on the Xeon side who might know who her brother is. And she can get that little piece of confirmation that he's still alive, which she does get. And because of that, she has more hope. And her tears are tears of, of happiness. And I think calling it Sailor's Agony... It's like I said, it's a little bit of a misleading title because you don't get it until these this last segment of clips I just showed. But she finally gets some relief that he is alive and that he can he he exists still. And so that's a good payoff for her, even though she put herself in harm's way, completely all completely fumbled the bag for everybody. But they recovered. We're okay. Overall. I like this episode a lot because we do get to see Ramba and Haman once again, which love them by the way. Sailor does give her a moment to shine and like gets to be the first female pilot of Gundam, which is well deserved. I think that Amro had to finally get, take a little bit of a back seat and learn how to adapt to the situation, which is cool. But this wasn't really Amro's episode. This is more about Sailor, Ramba, Haman, and and just like that. A little bit of dynamic of Sailor's history with Xeon. Because at this point in the story, nobody really knows Sailor's backstory or her real name. Therefore, they don't know what's going on, which is even why in the clip for you was like, what were you talking about? I was like, oh, you know, something, you know. And she gets to finally have her time in, in, in place like, okay, maybe I can talk to these people and figure out where my brother is and be reunited. But overall, big fan, huge fan. One might say. But we're almost done with disc number two. Well, disc two in the set of it. Yeah, you, you, you don't understand if you have the board. But thank y'all for coming by and listening and hanging out for the last however long this episode has been going. It has not been edited yet. It will be by the time you listen to this. Um, hope you guys are having a good time. Staying safe, staying healthy, being mindful of what you're doing and the energy you put out in the world. Also staying hydrated. Remember, interact with the show. Like it comment on it share it uh share it on uh, not share it like and comment on spotify especially get helps us with the views and visibility of the show rating it on itunes helps us get more visibility on the show and more importantly just keep coming back thank you thank you listener for coming back week after week and chilling with us but until next time i'm jeff this was operation gunham history and we'll catch y'all later
kid to tell me how I should do my job. 